Hey everyone, you're listening to the Classic Gaming Podcast. This is episode number 92. Today's date is October 20th, 2017. I'm Robert Ring, and with me is my side piece, Jay Totoro. Side piece? I got upgraded. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> upgraded? What's an upgrade from? Sidekick. Sidekick? Co-host. You're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. That is an upgrade. What you been up to? Been getting outside a lot. It's uh, finally cool enough. <clears throat> Uh, this weekend in particular is going to be in the mid-80s, which is great. Uh, last weekend it was like close to 100 again, but for a couple weeks we got we got some uh, reprieve to eat. But camping, hiking, I've been hiking as much as I can. Really fun. Yeah, it's been cool here too. Like, it's cool in the mornings, and then it gets pretty warm again in the afternoon, but like any, yeah. if it's cool anytime, I'll basically I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously us, it's, oh my gosh. Yeah, I can imagine for you guys especially. What my uh I don't know if I told you this before but, but you know my my sister lives in Arizona and she said that like one time she accidentally left some milk in her car like in the summer and uh it like violently exploded in her car. Jesus. And basically like it was mostly on the ceiling she said it looks like it came out like and just exploded like a fountain all over the ceiling of her car (laughs) and then like just baked in you know (laughs) that's so crazy she said like she didn't know what happened at first um and all that she could think of like she couldn't she didn't notice the container or whatever because she didn't like remember uh leaving it out and i Mm -hmm. guess she just didn't see it at first and she said the only thing she could think of was that like a drunk person broke into her car and then turned upside down and puked onto the ceiling? <laughs> Just let it rain. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you you guys get some serious heat out there. So um, I don't have any. Oh wait, no, I got a couple things. Um, one note: two people, two people sent us messages on Twitter after hearing you talk about Morrowind, saying that they were going to play Morrowind now. Really? Yeah. If they tell them to send us a review afterwards and let them, let them let everybody know if I'm wrong or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear also. Yeah, okay. One of them. Yeah, one of them had played it before, but he said you like listening to you talk about it made him want to play it again. Then another person had never played it before and wanted to. What? So That's I think you, I think you nailed that one. <laughs> I got um I got my strategy guides from Chase in the mail. Chase, you're the best. Yeah, you're the best chase. He sent me, he sent me, not only did he send me Star Fox 64, but also, you ready? Yep. Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> Speaking of which. I know. No, I haven't played yet. I'm sorry. Bro. Are you working on that? I am. I spent a lot of time playing the game I'm going to talk about tonight. I will do it, I promise. Did you, um, wait, you said you did or you did not play it? I have not played it yet. No. Okay. Did you find a like a version of it that yeah. you you did? So, okay. Yep. Yeah, it definitely took me some time. All right, we'll be on the uh, we'll be we'll be waiting for that. We'll be we'll be waiting. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much again, Chase. In the um Star Fox one, the Star Fox one is, it's uh, an official Nintendo one. Okay. And so they've got extra little like lore type stuff in it, and they've got a big. 
fold out with uh, like brew, uh, blue, brew, blueprints of the different vehicles <laughs> in there. It's in like a little information, just like a little background information about the vehicles. It's pretty cool. That's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. It sat like <laughs> I got the package in the mail and it sat. I had it on my desk for three days before I realized what it probably was and then opened it because <laughs> I get, I, I kind of forgot about it. And um, sometimes I get these packages in the mail when I used to run my website where I did like science fiction movie reviews and stuff. Sometimes I'll, every once in a while I did uh, book reviews and things like that. And there's just one uh, publisher that would just randomly send me books sometimes just hoping that I would do a review of them. And they still, they still send me packages like from time to time uh, thinking that I still do all that stuff. And so that's what I thought it was. So I just set it on my desk and didn't open it or anything. And then I'll, like all of a sudden one day it just dawned on me. I was like, holy shit, I bet that's the stuff from Chase. So I'd open it and sure enough, it was the two uh, strategy guides. That's super funny. Come on, Robert. You're not that famous anymore. No, I'm not. But they think I am, apparently. Don't tell them. <laughs> uh, I don't have any news. Do you know of any news? No, I don't think so. So I guess we'll just jump straight into games. Um, yeah. If we have nothing else. Let me pull up the thingy. The randomizer. Uh -huh. No, I haven't seen any news, though. I've been I've been kind of watching out for stuff. I haven't seen anything. I've been watching some of the sales going on, but I haven't really seen, any, seen anything worth it to me. The only thing that I almost was going to talk about, which turned out not to be as much of a deal as it seemed like at first, was... Now, it wasn't classic gaming related anyways but it was the did you read about the, um the patent that activision has for the way they mat or the way they could potentially match people in games based oh. on what kind of uh loot or like skins and like weapons that they've bought in multiplayer games so apparently they're they don't actually use the technology that they have this patent for mm -hmm. or so they say at least but somebody found this patent that they had and it's for the system where if it's like a multiplayer game that has skins or weapons that you can buy and stuff like that, then they, uh, then using this system, they would base the, like, if you bought a weapon that's really good against us, you know, that's particularly good against like certain types of opponents, then they would, then when you buy that weapon, they're going to for the first few matches after you buy that, then you're more likely to get matched against the people that it's good against. So it gives you like positive feedback from buying from, from spending extra money. That's very interesting. Yeah. And then for skins and stuff like that, it was, they're more likely to match you against people who haven't bought any skins so that they would see yours and be more tempted to buy it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, pretty crazy i mean anytime you go past you know anything besides rank and skill and matchmaking then it starts to get a little bit sleazy in my opinion but yeah 100%. so but they, uh, according to them that this is a patent that they filed a while back and and don't use so i guess yeah, i'll okay. take the word for it but it's kind of uh it's kind of concerning that they have that it seems like something they would invent on their own <laughs> Yeah, that was what that was another thing. They said some outside 
consultant or party of some sort developed it for them. I, I don't remember the details, but yeah, okay. somebody else developed it for them, and they have the patent somehow now, and they don't use it, supposedly. But that was kind of, that seemed kind of a little bit messed up. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, but again, I, I mean, I guess we, nobody really knows, so we sort of have to just take their word for it that they aren't using it. That's what they're saying. Uh, but yeah, that was that was what I was going to talk about until it came out that doesn't seem like maybe they're, it seems like maybe they're not actually using this, so not too much news, but yeah. it's still a little bit, like I said, it's still a little bit weird. Uh, That's very weird. Yeah. What if, um, like, uh, microtransactions had always been a thing? <laughs> like, like, Mar like, imagine Super Mario. Hey, you could buy, uh, what would you buy? A continue? <laughs> yeah. A continue because the game's so damn hard? You probably, yeah, stuff like that. Oh, aesthetic stuff. Mario Mar looks different, different cape hat. Different backgrounds and the levels because they really don't impact the game. Different yeah. sound files. Uh, that sounds. I'm not necessarily against those things. Against all of that. But that sounds terrible. <laughs> that, sound, that sounds like for, for Mario. That sounds like in League of Legends when I used to play that quite a bit. I bought several skins and things like that. But uh, but you really had not. Yeah, not a ton, but like. I think I spent twenty dollars in that game. I ended up spending like six, like sixty, um, just just the characters that I really like to be like, oh shit, I got this. This looks so much more awesome with this skin, which is, I mean, it does. So I can't blame them for doing that, especially League of, Le especially for games that are free in the in the first place. If you're talking about a game that you buy that you spend sixty dollars on, and then it has stuff on top of that, that starts to get a little questionable, for me at least. But yeah, yeah I mean, good. like in general. I don't have a problem with the concept itself, but especially when they start doing really kind of weird stuff like uh, where it affects matchmaking and actual gameplay. That's kind of where I would draw the line. I think most people probably are, are the same way, but I know, I know there are plenty of people who just hate the idea in general, regardless mm -hmm. of how it's used. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh, anyway, microtransactions. No, we're, we're, I guess we're done with that. It's not really relevant to us anyway. I'll talk about my game. How about the how about we move on? I like it. Uh last last episode I played Star Fox two. This episode I played Star Fox One. Oh, oh actually I've got two games though, but Star Fox One is the main one. Interesting. Star Fox One, Super <laughs> Nintendo, came out in nineteen ninety three. Wait, did you use the randomizer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> Just wanna make sure you're not cheating. Regular, I'm not trying to skip ahead in line. Uh, came out in 1993. I always really enjoyed this game. Over, I, I hear a lot of people, when they talk about it nowadays, they kind of refer to it as a game that, they, they kind of describe it as a game that was pretty good at the time, but that has essentially aged terribly. And I don't think it's really aged all that bad. For me, honestly, I think this is a really fun game, regardless of whether you, you know, have nostalgia for it or not. It's definitely got some problems, which I'll get to, but I give, I, I, for me, I like this game 
still quite a bit more than it seems most people do. Star Fox, you're probably familiar with it. It's a, uh, it's ba- it's, it's like an over-the-shoulder uh, perspective uh, shoot 'em up. So, kind of like um, Super Thunder Blade and stuff like that, where it's, it's like you know you think of UN Squadron or R Type or games like that, except instead of a side-scrolling view, you're behind the ship and you're shooting in on a 3D plane. Uh, bad guys that are flying in front of you, coming at you, going across across the screen in front of you, and that kind of stuff. You have uh, there's there's three other guys on your team that don't they don't almost don't do anything. They will like sometimes fly in front of you and be like, "Oh, help me out! This guy's on my tail," and you got to try to save him by shooting the guy there's that's a chasing him. On my tail. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes they'll fly in front of you with them shooting at another guy. And then if you kill the guy instead of letting them kill him, then they'll like get mad at you for that. It doesn't really affect anything of the game. It, all it affects is your score, I believe. If you don't like keep your guy's health up, then you get a little bit fewer, uh, fewer points at the end of the level, which points are inconsequential also. So it really doesn't matter what happens to them. They, and they really don't do anything that actually helps you out. But they do, like, talk to you from time to time in that. And it, it does, as far as creating a feeling for the game uh, and, like, an environment and all that, it does, uh, I think it does work. It's cool to have, you know, your other, <coughs> the rabbit and the frog and the falcon talking to you while you're uh, while you're flying around shooting bad guys. But the basis of the game, excuse me, the basis of the game, you're flying the spaceship, you're Fox McCloud, uh there's bad guys and you're shooting bad guys in space. Some some of the levels you're on certain planets and on those you're like flying over uh, across the planet's surface and you have to dodge buildings and structures and that and sometimes there'll be buildings falling over and you have to go under them or use your booster to zoom past them real quick or the brakes to uh, back off so they don't land uh, like right on you and you can kind of go around and avoid them. Sometimes there's Big robots walking around carrying things, and you sort of got to kind of either destroy them or dodge them when you get up to them. And then most of the other bad guys are a little bit more generic, kind of like spaceships or like little, some of them are more just like little shapes, more or less, that just yeah. kind of fly around and shoot stuff at you. Uh, as you're flying around, along with dodging stuff, obviously you're shooting at the bad guys trying to destroy them as well. Every bo- every level has a boss at the end of it. Pretty generic uh, as far as you know, just kind of the, the the flow of the game, it's it's pretty generic. You're fighting bad guys, find a boss at the end of the level, go to the next level, do the same. At the end, you get to the final boss. Uh, one of the most important things about Star Fox is that it was the first uh, three. Uh, what's the what's the, what was the chip called that they used? Was it the FX chip? I want to say the FX I, chip. I actually don't know this. Um, no, I can't believe I don't remember this, but it was the first Super Nintendo game to have 3D, actual 3D graphics. So it's not 2D sprites that you're, uh, that you're looking at. It is 3D polygons. I can't remember exactly what it is. All right, I'll have to look it up, um, when it's not, when I'm not also trying to talk about the game. Yeah, okay, yeah, the Super Super FX Graphics Acceleration Coprocessor. Uh, so... Again, the first Super Nintendo game to use actual 3D graphics. They don't look fantastic. They look good enough. Um, but it's cool. It was cool back then. 
and it works just fine uh, now. They're 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 serviceable. They do the trick. They don't look amazing. They don't look beautiful. But a lot of I, I hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, geez, when you go back and play Star Fox, it does not look nearly as good as you remember it." No, like everybody remembers it looking so good, and when you go back and play it, it looks terrible. I did <laughs> not remember. I mean, I never th- I never thought it looked particularly good. I, I, for me, and maybe, I, I don't know if this is just me or if it's most people who really liked the game. I, I did not have a memory of this being like a really good looking game. I remember it being very polygonal, uh, you know, good enough, not fantastic, but not bad. And that's, that's essentially what I believe it still is. Uh, I don't, I mean, I guess, like I said, I, I, I didn't really I don't feel like I had really a jaded viewpoint of, oh man, this game used to look so good back in the day. No, it looked fine, but it didn't really look particularly good for what it did. It got, it got the job done. One of the weird things about Star Fox is, so like I said, you're behind the ship, you're shooting at bad guys that are in front of you. You do not have an aiming reticle uh, on most levels. So you have to just shoot nonstop and then just see where the, where your lasers are going and, and just use the lasers themselves as you're aiming, like for your, for use them to aim. So you just kind of have to adjust and move up and down. If, if they're going left to right, you know, or over or under a bad guy, which is really weird. It's, you would think it'd be easy for them just to put a little target on the screen somewhere, which some levels you do have that. So for the levels where you're out in outer space and you're not on a plane, like, you know, over flying over a planet's surface, it switches to first-person point of view. And on those, you do have a reticle. I don't know why they only have it there. Um, it helps, certainly. It's not really nice to have. But for some reason, they just don't have it on, on the other uh, levels. There are some like things that can happen, like some just little details that were neat for the time, where you can get uh, your wings shot off, and then you have this little red, like nubby little wing or if you like turn sideways, uh, you can crash. If you kind of hit the ground or crash into the ground like that, then it'll break your wing off, and then your uh, ship flies a little wobbly. Just little details like that were, were pretty cool. Um, this was so there are three different uh, difficulties, but they are also different. Um, they they have different levels. So when you when you play the game, it's like, oh no, here the bad guys are attacking. This is where their base is. We got to go get to their base and kill them. Sure. So and then it shows you a screen, and there are three different pathways, and it shows you all the different levels that you're going to go on that path to the bad guy. It's like, okay, you're going to go to this planet, then this asteroid field, then this planet, then this asteroid field, and so on and so forth. Or you can take this other path, and uh, you're going to th- th- these other different planets and these asteroid fields, or you can go to the third path and it, and it goes to these places. So each one of them is, is they get progressively harder. So I think that's a really cool way to, to handle difficulty, especially again, for the, yeah. for the time that this game came out is not just uh, the, like, you know, the, there's more bad guys or they shoot more or they have more health or something like that. It's, the, I mean, some of those things are true. The bad guys are harder, but you're playing them in completely different levels as, as well. It's, it's like the levels themselves are just harder. You're not playing the same level with just, you know, numbers turned up a little bit. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. The, f- the first path is pretty easy to beat. I was able to 
finished the whole thing on my first try and I lost like one guy or something like that. And it, it, I'm pretty sure it took less than an hour, no more than about an hour. If, 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 if not maybe like 45 minutes, the medium <laughs> and hard levels are actually pretty tough. There are on those levels on the, on those levels, on those pads, on those modes, there are um, some really difficult bosses. There are some that, I that were like almost rage inducingly hard because the the problem with it is not just that it's hard to necessarily it's not that there's so much stuff that you have to be really good to dodge it it's that sometimes you don't know which way to go to dodge certain things because the way with the perspective being stuff coming at you from you know in front of you from you know farther out in your depth of field it makes it pretty hard to say okay this thing's about to hit me i need to go this way or that you you know something might be <laughs> wow something might be coming at you from kind of the left and towards you and you don't know if like okay i just need to move to the right and it's going to go by me but in so you move to the right but then maybe it hasn't quite gotten to you yet so then it's still coming and you're all over you're already you know as far right as you can be and it hasn't hit you yet and then it hits you because actually you should have gone left some of those are a little bit tough to tell which way you're supposed to go to dodge things. So that gets a little bit frustrating. Uh, I did beat the game uh, eventually on medium, which, like I said, it was really pretty hard. I was not able to beat it on hard mode. And, and even on medium, if I didn't have save states, I would not have been able to do it. Because there was one boss that I had to play probably 12, 13, 14 times Jeez. before I was able to beat him. And in um, Star Fox, you only have like three lives and then you get game over and you have to start over. So if I didn't have a save state right there, I would not have had the willpower to keep on doing that. The, the only other thing that was kind of weird is there's a, as you probably know, the classic dual barrel roll. Yeah. Um, the barrel roll, sometimes you have to do that too. If you do that while you're getting shot, then it'll deflect any like lasers or anything that hits you. Uh, if they hit you while you're doing a barrel roll, but the con the controls to do a barrel roll are are very uh, unresponsive. It's it it does not. So it says you're supposed to double tap R or L to do that. If you hold R or L, it turns your ship like to the side. If you double tap it, then it's supposed to do barrel roll. I could not do it without hitting it three or four times to make it do it in a row. <laughs> Anytime I tapped it twice, it would just sort of like wiggle a little bit. It would do the turn thing and then just like slightly wiggle a little. I always had to tap it three times, sometimes four. So basically, instead of just going tap, tap, I would just sit there and mash it until uh, until my ship finally did a spin. Uh, I always hate old mechanics like that, especially after you like reaffirm that you're doing the correct key combination. Right, right. And you're like, am I... Am I slow or is this thing not working? <laughs> usually it's the first one. But. Yeah, usually it is. Sometimes sometimes there's a legitimate problem with the controls. Uh, you got me. Um, and so, yeah, that was a little annoying because sometimes you really do need to do that to uh, to deflect stuff as opposed to just, do to just dodging it. So it makes it really kind of cumbersome to just start mashing and hope that you actually spin at the right time. Um, overall, I... Star Fox is a great game. If you, I mean, I don't know why I tend to like it so much more than uh, than most people do playing it nowadays. I guess, I mean, this is just a game that to me is just kind of 
cool in and of itself. You're flying these cool spaceships. You know, I, I, I like science fiction type stuff. You're flying cool spaceships. You're shooting lasers at bad guys. I mean, that's if, if that sounds like stuff that you like in general, then I, I don't see why I, that I think you would like Star Fox. Um, yeah, the graphics aren't fantastic, but they never were really fantastic. There are, there are some problems. I mean, the game's certainly not perfect. It's got some issues, but overall, I, I think it's a really fun game. You wow. played, what, what do you think about Star Fox? Have you, I mean, I know you you've played it, a, right? Yeah, it's been a very long time though. But did you, what did you think about it? Like when it came out? When it came out, I thought it was super fun. I watched, uh, one of my friends had, I watched him play it a lot and then I got to try it from time to time and I thought it was super fun at the time. It's just, it's been so long. Uh-huh. So you weren't like a diehard fan, but you thought it was really good. No. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I definitely wasn't a diehard fan, but I was excited to play it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, there's my assessment of Star Fox. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do my second one. Unless you want to go first and then come back to me. Tough to you. I'm fine either way. Uh, I'll go ahead and get it out of the way. Okay. So the other game that I played, uh, this one was a little bit, this was a little while back, is Metroid Prime. Oh. Game out, as you probably know, uh, for the GameCube. This was 2002. Metroid Prime is another great game that I just can't really get sucked into all that much. Wow. Um, I, I was going to say similar to Morrowind, but I actually like this a whole lot more than I like Morrowind. <laughs> um. And I think for me is I, I have sort of been a little burnt out lately on Metroidvania type games in general. Um, I like, for instance, Super Metroid. It's uh, almost undeniably a great game. But even Super Metroid, there are times where I just get a little bit tired of it. I need to take a break. Because any... Any game like this where you are kind of going back and forth, getting power-ups, unlocking stuff, then going back to doors. Any game like this that has a whole lot of backtracking, those uh, I don't really enjoy that that much. I know that's kind of the draw of a lot of these. It's like you find a door yeah. that you can't get into, and then you got to go look at, go around looking for you know some sort of power-up that will help you access this door or get through this door or whatever. And then you're getting more powerful and then you're able to kind of unlock these new places and go, you know, see what they're all about. That's kind of the draw of a lot of these games. And for me, I just don't love that. Uh, it's kind of weird, though, because I do, as you know, as probably everybody who listens knows, uh, love point and click adventure games, which have a lot of going back and forth around the same um, environments looking for items or trying to figure out what item to use on what thing and that kind of stuff. And I think that the difference is with point and click adventure games, I'm having to do a lot of thinking and it's kind of giving me sort of like a brain exercise type thing. I'm trying to like, is I'm trying to like work out a puzzle. Whereas in games like Metroid, you're not, I mean, they're a little bit puzzleish, but you're not having to think about stuff so hard and, you know, figure out the solution to puzzle as much as you are really just kind of 
going through and exploring until you happen to find the right place where you can use this new ability to get through a door, you know, or something like that. Yeah. It's not like you have to really think about it very much. It's more like walking around backtracking until you say, oh, okay, here's where I need to, here's where I can use this <laughs> to get a little bit farther. And I don't mean that in a bad way. That's just, to me, I, I don't particularly enjoy that. But Metroid, let's back up a little bit. Metroid Prime. Uh, this is the first first-person Metroid game. Uh, Metroid games in general, again, you probably know, but they are based on uh, their action games with a, a heavy emphasis on exploration, going through environments, uh, you know, trying to find secret doors, trying to find power-ups to get you through, through um, to areas that you couldn't access before, uh, fighting bad guys, eventually yep. fighting some bosses, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it they uh, there's again there's typically a whole bunch of power ups that you gain throughout the game that give you some of them make you more some of them make you stronger some of them just give you different new abilities and that kind of stuff and again there's there's a bit of backtracking involved due, just due to the nature of what these games are. Metroid Prime I do feel like does a really good job uh, for the most part of pointing you in the right direction so you're not just wandering aimlessly trying to figure out what to do like a lot of the time. You'll be doing something, and at a certain point, something will say, oh, we're getting some, like your your heads-up display, or your, the computer in your helmet, basically, says, oh, hey, uh, we're catching some some weird signals of some, of some sort of activity in this place, and it'll show it to you on the map. It's like, you should go check that out and see what's going on. And then, so you go there, and inevitably, there's, you know, you have to do something and like maybe That's solve a puzzle progress. or fight a boss. And it's where you progress and you get to a new place that you couldn't, that you maybe couldn't access before. Um, the, uh, weird thing. One of the weirdest things to me about Metroid prime, and I've never really asked anybody about it, but I assume most people probably feel the same way is the aiming system. So, it's a first-person game. I, it's not. I wouldn't call it a first-person shooter, but I mean, it is. You do a lot of shooting in the first-person perspective, but it's more of an adventure game than just a shooter. But you don't use. So you've got the GameCube controller, of course, but you don't use the the right joystick, which is the camera joystick, to aim, like we do in modern games. Basically, any game now, the left joystick moves left, right, back, forward. The right joystick aims up, down, left, right, whichever way you want to go. Metroid Prime uses kind of like the old school method of the left joystick does all types of movement that you ever basically want to do. So if you press left, you're not strafing left, you're, you turn left. Uh, and so you back and up and down and go back and forward, of course, but there's no walking sideways and aiming or there for the most part, there's not. It's if you turn, then you're not walking forward anymore you're not walking at all anymore. You're turning and then you press forward again to start walking. Uh, the camera joystick doesn't really do anything except for in map mode. It kind of moves around so you can see different parts of the map. What's also weird is, I guess, maybe partly because of the way that they have the controls set up where you can't move the right joystick around to, to aim up, you know, to look up and to look down and that kind of stuff. Uh, what you do to do that is press R and then you kind of sit in place, and then when you use the left joystick while you're holding R, then it aims. So it's essentially you can either be walking around um, or aiming up and down, left and right. But the other thing is, if you hold L, 
then that locks on to targets and you auto you're essentially auto aiming which to me is really weird because it takes all of the skill out of aiming at a period all you do is hold l and you automatically point your gun at at bad guy at the bad guy that you've locked onto regardless of where he goes he can be moving super fast super slow up down left right you're staying locked on so you just hold l and then just mash um I guess it's A is the shoot button. I don't remember if it's A or B. I think it's A, the, the big main one. And uh, and then you just keep shooting him until he's dead. If there are a bunch of bad guys, I found myself doing a little thing where I would kind of like hold L, mash A a whole bunch, then let go of L and press it again real fast so I can like unlock from one guy and then lock onto another one. Uh, and then just keep, basically I keep pressing the shoot button as fast as I can hold, while holding L and every once in a while letting go of L and pushing it down again. It's really weird. Did you ever did, did you ever play Metroid Prime? Yeah, I really liked Metroid Prime a lot. Um, I played I played and hundred percented it blindly like five years ago probably. Damn. And I enjoyed the shit out of it from start to finish. I was hooked. What do you think about the aiming? Do you do you agree that it's kind of weird or are you fine I, with it? I went into it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the wrong game. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was thinking of. Okay, I take that back. What were you thinking? I of? I don't know why. I was thinking of Super Metroid. I don't know why. Oh, oh okay. Um. Metroid Prime, I got with the GameCube. Uh, I think it was like a bundle deal when the GameCube came out. I played this game a little bit. I did not like it. I was so used oh, to really? playing. Yeah, I, I didn't like it that much. My, the guy that was uh, that I was living with at the time, um, he was like living at my house. He played it 100%. I watched him play a lot of it, but it just it didn't appeal to me. I, I liked the first Metroids a lot, and it was it was too much of a change of pace for me. I gotcha. Um, that's surprising because I thought I was the only person who like. And again, I don't dislike the game. I think it's really good, actually. I just not. I'm just kind of. I have I limited. The scanner menu. Oh, I, I remember. Oh, that. that's that's okay. Yeah. So that's another mechanic that I almost sort of forgot about. So there's a mechanic in this one that that the previous games did not have, where some rooms you have to hold. I don't know some button, and yeah. uh, like scan things, scan objects in the room, and a lot of them will just be like, oh, here's a plant. This here's what this plant's called, and this is where it came from. And or here's like a, here's the um, corpse of a bad guy. This is what the bad guy is called. And here's some little like, little you know scientific information about this type of creature and stuff like that. But then there's some places where you actually where the act of scanning things makes things happen. Like very simple example is the elevators. There's elevators where you have to scan them to basically just to turn them on and then you can use them. But there's some rooms where like you have to find five of some certain little symbol in the room and scan all of them. And then once you've scanned all five, then that opens up a secret door somewhere or something like that. That's kind of weird. It's, It's not in my opinion, it doesn't, it's not that bad, but it's, it's kind of like it's a little bit tedious. There's nothing really fun yeah. about just finding things and scanning them. Not necessarily um, enjoyable. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Very well. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It doesn't do. It's not fun, really. It's not terrible, but it's not enjoyable either. Um, the environments do look and feel great. I think there's a whole there's there's a good they variety. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good variety of stuff. The the graphics are really good for the time. The environments feel real they they feel very like complete there's sort of like little tropical environments there's more volcanic ones there's there's ice ones and then and there's places where you'll walk where 
if you walk through steam, then like steam gets on your mask and it takes a <laughs> second for it to go away. And that's kind of a neat little effect. Wasn't there um, something with bad guys splattering too, or is that not? Uh, yeah, there were, yeah, yeah. There are some, some bad guys that when you shoot them, if you're really close and they kind of splatter on your um, helmet and it makes it really difficult to see for a few seconds. That that's pretty cool too. The heads up display, oh, the heads up display is all right. It's, it's got this information that's just uh, kind of like holographic information on your on the visor of your helmet. So it's on this. It's just straight up on the screen as you're looking at stuff. At any given all the time, there's always little stats about your your health and how many rockets you have and all that kind of stuff on the sides of your uh, of the screen. They can sometimes make the screen feel slightly kind of small and claustrophobic, but you can also turn down the opacity on those to make them to make it easier to, so, so that you see through them more so that they like don't impede your vision quite as much so those are fine they, they look cool and that's kind of part a lot of metroid is just looking cool so that's fine with me sure. um the morph ball make the, the morph ball feels really good the controls for that something about it it's like they nailed the physics on the morph ball in this game when you turn into the ball where you just roll around the environment which you have to do sometimes to get to certain places. They, they, the physics on that feel really good. It's really fun to control uh, Samus when she's morphed into the ball. Um, I think that's pretty much all I have, really. I, I, I played about four or five hours of it, so, I mean, I got a decent way into the game. Um, and then, like I said, I just sort of got burnt out once I got to the point where I didn't really, I wasn't feeling like I was making very much progress very often and all that kind of stuff because I don't just absolutely love Metroid, uh, Metroid games and, or games like this, but yeah, not blindly. Yeah. Especially not blindly. Um, but I absolutely can see so again, similar to Morrowind, why so many people do really love this game. I, I, I had to say that it is a very, very good game. It's just not one that I absolutely love. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm really surprised that you, uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. It, also it just it, it didn't interest me. I played I played it a good amount of time. It just I don't know. There's just something about it. I was just like I don't like this. <laughs> I, I love the GameCube. I think GameCube is is recently becoming one of my more favorite systems. It's such a good fucking system. And yeah, that game was just kind of a disappointment to me. Yeah, it, GameCube really is. It's it's got a a better library than I think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it does get enough credit, but. When you go back and look at it, you're like, wow, this this has some really good games. Yeah. I just um the the my GameCube, I didn't I only bought just this just a few months ago and right now I only have two games on it, but I really am looking forward to to getting a little bit more into the uh the, the library for that because like you said, it's just so good. Yeah. All right, Jay. How about All enough right. enough of me. Enough of, enough about me. I know, Jesus. Hear about you. So, I played a game that I received in the mail very let's say handsome gentleman oh shit we don't need to say names we don't need to say names. He, he knows who he is you're, um, not gonna, you're not gonna say who it was no i don't need he knows who he is trust me holy shit i hope this is supposed to be a secret not you're not just dissing one of our listeners by not i'm not dissing one of our listeners Listen, all right, all right. we have a special relationship he knows okay he knows. all right all right so you got this from anyways uh secret admirer oh you almost said it i heard that huh anyways i'm just um, so after I played the first Onimusha, uh, mm. and I talked about it, obviously I okay. talked about it very, very positively, I received the second one in the mail. Um, 
And I've spent uh, about six or seven hours playing it so far. And I, okay. I don't like it. No? And I'm really sad. No. No? I'm going to... No, I'm going to continue playing it because I'm hoping that it gets better. But there's uh, some serious, seriously weird things about this game. So it's an Onimusha game. Uh, it's made by Konami. It came out in the beginning of 2006. So it's just outside of our criteria. I didn't realize that at the time I was playing it. Uh, Back up a I second. Mean, Back up a second. Onimusha is not made by Konami. Oh, geez. Uh, sorry, Capcom. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying, actually. Yes. Uh, that's what I'm here for. Uh, I really enjoyed the first one. I talked about it a lot. I got very far into the game. I love the combat system. I like the level-up system in the first one. Um, you know, storylines, whatever. But I liked a lot of it. And this one is missing on certain areas way, way too much. Hold on a second. Can you hear me, Robert? Yeah. Okay. Um uh, and this one, you uh, you start as another uh, character. That, I was gonna like really pay attention to the story, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the cutscenes. I'm gonna read the intro text, and then it was a very very long cutscene, like like two to three minute long cutscene. Like the very for, long. like the intro to the game. Yeah, and then there's some text, and then you get another cutscene, and then there's another, like it, it's just so much story <laughs> at the beginning. So it's Final to, Fantasy. Yeah, it, it kind of yeah exactly. But but think about that when you're you're putting in an action game. Okay. So it's it, it's you're just kind of anticipating you really want to play the game, right? Because a lot of action-based games, you're really there right. for the gameplay. Yeah, you're like, so you're just waiting this. for this cutscene. Put me in the yeah, so, battle. Exactly. Just drop me in, and that's that's exactly what it does. The first fight, you kind of get dropped into something. You clear that fight. You go into a room, and then maybe you'll do another fight, and then there's another long cutscene. I was like, what? There was st- and I said, screw it. I'm just not going to pay, atten- pay any attention to the story. I started skipping them one by one because there was just so many. And I'm so happy that I did because there's so many cutscenes. And, and just, or, really? or just they just don't stop. They just keep on coming. Yeah. It's crazy. There's so many at the beginning of the game. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever the story is. I'm not playing for this game for the story. I'm playing this for the gameplay. Gameplay is great. Uh, the level up system that. Uh, it really supports it. It pushes it beyond because it's not a Musha game. So your your basic ideas are you have an ability to do um, attacks with your weapon. You can use the joystick to control the direction and, and certain combos that you get out of it. And then you have an, a way to drain souls. So after an enemy dies, their soul starts to float away, and you can drag it into oh, well, and you can drag him into your armlet, and then you can use that as sort of it's used as almost like experience. So that that is from the first one. It, the second one, adopt it. You have the ability to block. Um, this one, I, I don't remember if you could in the first one, but in this one, you have the ability to kick, and so you can kick enemies can down. Block, and then you, you can, can block in the first one. You can kick in the first one too. You, that's what I was talking about—the kicking part. Oh, okay. I can remember. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you can kick them. You can knock them on the ground, and then you can like stab them to get like a finishing blow. Um, you have a power attack, which you just completely do a lot of damage, and you build that up from draining uh, a specific color of souls from opponents. Very similar to the first one. But what's cool is as you level up, um, it does have the same level of system, but then more. So the first part is obviously as you're leveling up, you obtain red souls. They give you experience points, and then you can invest it into items like your weapon, your armor, um, even healing items. You can level up healing items to make them more powerful if you need to. But then in addition to that, in this one, you have a system where you get talent points. So every time you level, um, which happens very quickly, I'm like level 16, I think. It's very quick. Uh, You get talent points. And... 
you can use them to invest into your abilities. So if you want to make your kick a little bit stronger, or if you want to get a new feature of your kick ability, uh, you can put points in it. Or if you want to do it to your block, or if you want to do it to your, your regular spammable um, auto attack. Um, there are other things you can invest in. There's like some, some support-ish things you can get. Like you can have uh, your drain soul ability work twice as fast if you use a certain key combination. I thought it was really cool because if you if you have certain playstyle, maybe you're very aggressive and you want to you know focus purely on combos. Well, you can put points in criticals, um, which are basically timed attacks. You can put points into regular attacks, or if you want to be more defensive, you can upgrade your block. You could start um, using dodge combinations and invest talent points. Really like that. But where the combat kind of falls apart is in the first one, you had these really epic fights with bosses, and you would kind of go back and forth with them. You'd you know do some blocking, you know do some bursting. This one, the, the bosses are all kind of the same. They're very predictable so far. Um, I haven't really had to think too much. Uh, I just kind of did regular combinations, avoided a, few, a couple power attacks, and just kind of burned them down with my special. And I was kind of disappointed by that. It, it may just be the difficulty of the game. You can only play on the, the set difficulty um, at the beginning, which kind of... Uh -huh. It's okay. I probably would have turned it up. Um, but the other way the, the uh, combat translates poorly is there are these points you'll find they're like these golden almost like black hole looking things and they're they're kind of like challenges you can go up to them and it says hey do you want to complete the challenge the challenge is like defeat this medium boss in or something, right mm -hmm. and you're like oh that's kind of cool and you know he has some ads so you burn the ads and your dps the boss and oh it's been 40 seconds you're done two and a half minutes early <laughs> and you're just kind of like oh and you get like an item for it or something you, you just you kind of don't care after a while you do so many of these huh. um yeah, so I mean, the combat is, is probably the most redeeming part of the game, but it still has a lot of faults. And then the the world of the game is what, what really turned me off of this game. So the, the main arc at the beginning is you're in this town. You get to this town, and you're supposed to maneuver your way through this town. And there's supposed to be these puzzles that you're doing as you go through, and the puzzles are so bad. It, it, it just makes no sense to me. So some of the puzzles might be, hey, you need this kind of key to get through. Okay, Then you climb this ladder, you walk through this window, you go in a door find the key you backtrack you open the door you go through the next one's like oh the door is locked and, the, and the, the lock is broken so then you have to like find a way around so then you get past that and it's like oh there's another locked door here's a different kind of key and you open mm -hmm. that door and it, it's this kind of repetitiveness and it's like it, it, the text is so ugh too when you walk up to some of the doors it's like this door's locked you might want to find another way around and you're like okay well i know what that means i'm not gonna find a key i'm just gonna find it right <laughs> and and so you do this a couple times and then you kind of start getting lost because then they're like, okay, you need to backtrack, but don't backtrack too far because then you'll get confused. And so it's really easy to get lost. Like I had, I can't tell you how many times I found myself backtracking mistakenly, not realizing. And there's certain areas where it's almost mirrored. Like you, you walk down this river at one part, climb this ladder onto this platform, and then you, you walk through this doorway and it's kind of like this desert scenery. And then, or not desert scenery, excuse me, it's like a, like a light jungle scenery almost. Okay. So there's houses and shit. And, but then you go through that, you go through a couple doors, and then you come out the other side, and there's like a broken bridge similar to the one you came up on. And then you there's a ladder down the side of it, and you go down that, and you're walking down the same river the opposite direction. So you're like, wait, wait am I going the right way right now? And then I was like, oh, there's got to be a map. Yeah, there is. You, you can hit, I think it's select or start. The map is not helpful at all. It's just not helpful at all. It shows you <laughs> some things, but when you're backtracking, it doesn't really help because it, it, you, the areas you've already been to are revealed. So then you're like, well, if I'm backtracking, how far do I need to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's just it's just not very and here's the other thing is the, the enemies respawn way too frequently so that was the other thing i was like oh maybe if i just you know focus on the areas where i'm encountering enemies maybe i haven't been there yet right yeah basic logic 
nope, the enemies are respawning so fast, so often. And I was like, okay, well, that's not a way to determine it. So I just kept, I started skipping a lot of fights. Mm -hmm. And then those gold vortex challenges things I was talking about, I was like, I'll use those. Like when I complete those, that way I know if I've been in an area. Mm -hmm. No, they don't despawn. You can do them again. <laughs> okay. So I have no way of telling which way I'm going. And 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 this entire time, like you're, you're doing this storyline where you rescued this girl, you're like a super demon or you're like super powerful. And the girl does some combat, but she just most most important fight, she just drops like a rock, and then you have to end up soloing the boss by yourself. And, <laughs> and that's kind of the game. I mean, that that's that's me six probably six and a half hours in. And I was thinking like, oh, you know, a lot of people are, are probably gonna, gonna be screaming like, no, no, you just got to get through the city, and then the game gets really good. I just can't do it. I was just getting so frustrated and, and backtracking, and I was over leveling the area, so I'm like super powerful, so the fights aren't even interesting at all anymore. Uh -huh. And I. I I'm probably going to have to start over and just play through it like with less levels because the game is just the boss fights I've done so far. Wait, what do you mean so play through easy. with less levels? Um, that way I know exactly where I'm going and that way I don't uh, gr do extra grinding. You're saying like, without leveling up as much? Yeah, exactly. So like okay. right now I've backtracked a lot, gotten lost, gotten a lot of extra levels from fighting. Um, I kind of want to start over, play through the beginning straight through since I know generally where to go. Oh, I see. Okay. So you don't get so you don't get so confused. So you're basically just like stuck, not knowing where to go right now. Yeah, I'm sure I can figure it out if I keep just walking around long enough. But I just don't want to do it. It's just, I don't know. There's nothing tying me to the game at all right now. It sounds this sounds so similar to what I was just talking about with Metroid Prime. Yeah, it's weird too because the first one of this game was so fun. I felt like each zone was more interesting. The puzzles were a little bit better. Puzzles weren't fascinating in the first one, but this one it's just so far the scenery is it's like almost making me. Sorry, it's almost making me nauseous. I'm so tired of seeing these buildings. So the scenery uh, isn't very. There's no, not much variance, and it's not not yet. I mean, I I think I think it'll definitely get better once I get out of this town. But it's so long. It, it's just I don't know. Because in Onimusha One, which I've I'm still working on playing. I was playing it a little bit the other night. There is some backtracking, but I noticed that they all the stuff that you ever need, at least as far as I've gotten. All the keys and stuff, they're all very close in proximity to yeah. the doors that they unlock. And you don't, you do a little bit of backtracking in the sense that, like, oh, I got to go back to this room. But it's never like, oh, I got to go all the way back here now. Yeah. And, and the other problem is you're in a town. So every, there's a lot of doors. <laughs> they all probably look the same. Yeah, exactly. So that becomes into play as well. Then they just start blending in. You're like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Hmm. Well, that's, that's unfortunate. There's also this uh, this really weird thing with when you go to ladders for some reason, it doesn't show your character walking up a ladder, even though he's just going like, you know, several feet off the ground to go up to a ledge. It goes uh -huh. to a cutscene, and then he teleports to the top. <laughs> Seriously, every time you go up and down ladders. Like, I can understand that when you go indoors, but it acts like you're zoning when you go up a ladder. Well, I mean, well, that's that's not too different from how it is in the first, in Onimusha 1, or like... Was any any game that. like this, even because you know this is really similar to uh, Resident Evil games as well, like the whole like all the mechanics basically. Um, because there's not really because because most of the ladders do go to a different kind of. Okay, maybe scene, you're right. Maybe of. I'm wrong then. So to say, like, I guess I've want... never noticed it. Yeah, maybe you just haven't. Uh, noticed it because um, maybe I don't know maybe they do, do a better job of hiding it in the, or, or you know my, not making it so obvious in the first one but yeah you'll go up to the ladder and it says like here's a ladder do you want to climb it you say yes 
and then it might show him like start walking up the ladder and then it sort of just fades into the next I remember spot. that. Yeah, I do remember that from like Resident Evil. Yeah. So that doesn't bother me too much. But do you think it's like different in this one or is it just kind of one of those things that you just sort of notice now? I guess I just never noticed it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely is is really... It, it's definitely... No, like, it, it's almost... Um, let me put this so, so you know Resident Evil happens. Resident Evil's not necessarily... I mean, it is an action game, but it's not like constant action. A lot of times you're running. Or in this game, there's so much combat, and it, you know it's obviously very hack and slash. It just yeah, feels yeah. like it's interrupting the flow of combat. That makes sense. I guess you got to see it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give this guy a game I another try. I, I really want to like it. I, I really want to like it. I, I hope that I can, but so far I've just been... I, I went into it with very high expectations after playing the first one. And so far, not so good. That's unfortunate. I know. I was pissed. Um, but you said you think you are going to go back and play some more? Yeah, I think I will. I think I'll force myself. Just to at least see if it gets better, sort of? Exactly. Okay. Huh. All right. Well, that'll be... I really would like to hear if it does actually get better or if it just sort of... Just isn't I think we'll get good. some emails for next time talking Probably. about what some things I'm missing or, or maybe I'm just not far enough. Maybe so. All right. Uh, if that's all you got, we'll go on to top fives. Oh my god, I only did top three. Actually, you know what's funny? I only did <laughs> top three for this one, but I don't actually think I could come up with two more ones that I'm actually okay. proud, proud or interested in talking about. That's fine. Everybody will just have and everybody will just have to listen to me talk for like thirty five minutes about my number five and number four. Oh, okay. So we're just doing the classic gaming podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Top fives this time is an idea I stole from a Reddit thread, which is games that you would like to see covered or like remade by a different game developer, which games and which developers. My list is somewhere. Oh, here it is. Okay. Okay. So I'll go do my number five and four and then we'll move on to both of ours. Number five, I'm going to go with Twisted Metal, made by Rockstar. That's I w- awesome. <laughs> I think they would do a really good job with the property in general, with all like the crazy kind of fucked up characters. Yeah. But also, they have pretty good car physics in their games. Which, in Twisted Metal, the car physics weren't really... I mean, it was fun to... F- the, the cars felt fast, they felt fine... But there wasn't anything like, oh, shit, I just ran into this guy head first and then we went flying. I did, you know, I tumbled over eight times and that kind of stuff. I'm just kind of imagining it in sort of GTA style as far as the car physics go. And then letting Rockstar just kind of go crazy with, again, like these these fucked up characters and stuff. I think that'd be pretty cool. That's super cool. That's a good one. That's your number five? Wow. That's number five. That's a good one. Um, Number four. Actually, that probably should have been my number four, <laughs> now that I'm looking at it. Because my number four, I don't like this idea as much. But it's not bad. Kingdom Hearts. Oh my god. That's so funny. Made by Ape, the developers of Earthbound. Oh, interesting. Wait, Ape and Squaresoft? Or Ape and Disney? or Just, just Ape. Ape. Or, I mean, like, Disney would be, I mean, they'd be licensed. Yeah, but Disney's d- required. That's true. But it's not, and I wouldn't, but not, not as a developer. Oh man, that's so funny. Um, I'm kind of, cause, because Kingdom Hearts is, to me at least, a, uh, 
a good concept. Yes, there's a good essence. To it, <laughs> right, it's a good it's a good idea. They just managed to really turn it into something terrible. But it's a good idea. So let's give it to somebody else. Why not give it to this goofy company that does silly stuff that's still awesome and see what they can do by combining some uh, Final so Fantasy cool. and Disney characters. Let's just see what, what can happen. At the time, I loved that game. I saw that time and time again, but I really did. What, Kingdom Hearts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I, I remember I, that. I think I blocked that I think I 100% that, out. Of that game like three times. <laughs> Holy shit. Were you just were you just a huge nerd? Yeah, basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, at the time I thought it was so cool. Like, oh, <laughs> I mean, I, when it came out, I was like, I mean, it's a good concept. I'm not. I won't argue. I was with like that. 14, I think. Oh. Okay. All right, on to number three. Well, how about Can you I go? go? Number three, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I swear to you, I'll take a screenshot right now. But I was thinking, I was thinking Disney and Konami actually, and purely uh, because Konami. I want, yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Hear me out. Hear okay. Me out. All right. So I threw out a couple different ideas. I think you and I went at went at this list the same direction. I thought of games that are, in my opinion, not good at all, but have something redeeming about them. And a I lot of mine the are the same. Yeah, that's funny. I think. See, I, I saw um, somebody actually drew a picture of what they thought this would look like too. Because I was I was like reading, I was googling around, reading a lot of ideas and stuff, and I was trying to think of a good combination. Let me see. Let's find it. Should I save it? So I definitely was. Yeah, here it is. Oh no, this is not it. Sorry. Uh, I found a picture somebody drew of what they thought it would look like, and it was really what cool. Thought, what would look like um... if, if Konami was the developer? Of Kingdom okay. Hearts. Okay. And it was actually kind of cool. And what I was thinking is, so you one stole of the this idea from somebody? No, actually, I, I, this was, I had a, a two developers in mind. This was one of them. The other one doesn't even, doesn't really make sense. I'm not gonna go do it. But okay. uh, no, I was reading around, and then I just Googled it. I was like, I wonder what, I wonder what happened if different developers make Kingdom Hearts. And people actually have talked about this. <laughs> I guess, I, I guess we're not the only ones that thought of this game. I guess as maybe it's just a very common opinion. Anyways, um, but I was thinking with. What Konami has done with games they've done so far, if you could apply that to the Kingdom Hearts world, because my biggest complaint with Kingdom Hearts today, the first one, is the combat. Because it is so frustrating. Uh, That's your biggest complaint, or is that just one of your complaints? Because I can think of bigger. Let's do a top three of complaints of Kingdom (laughs) Hearts. Top three worst things about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and I just think a complete overhaul, something unique, something something different. I mean, obviously what they did was different, but in, in the right direction what i would hope for gotcha yeah i know it's a reach but i don't know i just think i think they <laughs> do something very unique with it uh possibly yeah maybe i feel like i'm so like um square did so bad that i just can't even imagine like i can't well i mean i guess i said ape would do a good job but i still don't even know quite what that would look like i can't believe we both picked kingdom hearts that's actually <laughs> insane I, that's I, really funny. I was like this is a really good one <laughs> Hi, right, that is a good one. Okay, my number three is uh, Final Fantasy. The first made one. Uh, any Final Fantasy game, actually. Oh, okay. Just any Final Fantasy game. Um, really, probably just besides the first one, because I think I kind of like, I kind of sort of appreciate the first yeah, one. Yeah, I don't think you could. What it is. I don't think anybody could 
like the first one and make it into something amazing. No. The console just says limitation, limitations. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy, pick pick anyone made by Eight. Obsidian. Eight. Eight's fine. Made oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I actually thought of I, I, like I asked my roommate because I was talking about this, and I actually said that exact question. I was like, would this be interesting? That's so funny. Um, if, for those of you listening, Obsidian, uh, if you're not familiar with them, they made... Uh, Vegas? No, 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 nope. Wait, Wrong. what? You're thinking of, uh, you're thinking of, um, what's the, uh... Say Bethesda. Bethesda. No, Obsidian made Fallout New Vegas. Obsidian did? Yeah, they, they, every other one, Obsidian Entertainment always does every other Fallout. Really? Yeah, I they didn't... did Fallout New Vegas. See, I'm looking at right now. Obsidian How did I not know right? this? Yeah, yeah, how do I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is, this, then I got I to Bethesda. Knew, that's, I never I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> well. I just watched Lisa 100% New Vegas. I ha- Oh, really? That's yeah. pretty killer. I had, what I had in mind was more along the style of Pillars of Eternity. Interesting. Which is more like a uh, classic sort of Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons style, uh-huh. uh, Baldur's Gate style uh, RPG. Which I think would be really cool if it was like forget the J JRPGs are fine, but just let's just toss out that component and put Final Fantasy in a CRPG space again, like something similar to Baldur's Gate, or again, what I had specifically in mind was something like Pillars of Eternity. I think that art style, that graphic style, that gameplay style. Yeah, the music. I think that would be super cool if you use. I, I would definitely give it put a try on Final Fantasy in a Final Fantasy like universe. Do it to eight. We wouldn't lose anything if it fails. <laughs> you let eight be the test and then go from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> test subject eight. Test subject eight. Oh, uh, that's good. That's awesome. All right, so yeah, I think that I re- I genuinely think that would be really fun. I'm glad I changed my list because we would have had very similar. <laughs> that could honestly be my number number four, number five. I was thinking Bethesda. I was like, oh, Bethesda, Final Fantasy. And I'm like, Obsidian. Obsidian really does good work. Right. <laughs> I, I did my have – my number six was going to be a, something made by Bethesda. Yeah. Uh, my number two. So I'm just going to say the game to start and talk about why. So Pokemon. Right. Okay. Uh, take You can take any of the Pokemon series. Um, as you know, obviously when Pokemon came out, the games were so good. You know, they were so enjoyable. But as, as, you know, we've kind of gone on, the games have gotten less and less interesting. And one of the biggest proponents, I think, that is the combat. But I really can't think of a way to improve on it, but I know the company that can. And it's it's exactly. Bullfrog. Bullfrog, <laughs> to me, is one of the most unique developers that has ever existed. They have such an odd genre of games. From You have Populous, which is a top-down RTS, but with kind of bizarre elements. You have Dungeon Keepers, which there isn't even a game type for. And these are completely different titles that they did that were super duper fun for their own reasons i feel like if they got their hands on pokemon they would do something that nobody would nobody would see coming and somehow they'd make it work somehow it'd make a lot of money and somehow they'd still go under (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah i think Uh, i I would be very curious to see what they could do to the pokemon that would be i don't i'm I'm curious like what do you so you don't have any idea you don't have anything in mind you just kind of would like to toss it to them and say like do something yeah, I feel like they. Yeah, I mean, leave leave. The, I would say leave the core gamer on. I think they would redo the do something to the combat. Yeah, definitely do something with the combat. But yeah, I'm with you. I I think maybe that would be cool. But I don't know what. It oh, would I be. would play. I would try the crap. Out. Yeah, I have no idea what they would do, but knowing them, they'd make it work. 
All right, cool. All right, my number two is not a any specific game, but just in general, a Ninja Turtles game made by Hideo Kojima. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> same same situation. I don't know what in the world it would look like, but I just know it would be fucking awesome. I can guarantee you if that became a thing, there would be so many one-liners that would be memorable that we would just be <laughs> saying those li- Like, I feel like he w- there would be dialogue. Just like really stupid lines yep. that like sit like are delivered all cool but they like are totally pointless or like exactly. idiotic <laughs> yeah. i can see that i'm trying to think of i know there are so many examples know, just from to, metal yeah. gear alone but i can't even <laughs> i oh, oh of course there's a classic do you think love can bloom on the battlefield <laughs> <laughs> yeah see that kind of stuff obviously that kind of stuff. in the in the ninja turtles lingo yeah it have something to do with you know, pizza <laughs> Yeah, pizza or April or skateboarding or... Or, like, slime or something, yeah. <laughs> or skateboard, yeah, pizza or skateboarding. Yeah, there you go. That's All good. right, what's your number one? My number one, and this is something I actually have wondered about for a long time. So, Planet Side is one of my favorite MMOs of all time. I've, really? I didn't I, know you I, ever played that. I played it a lot for a very short amount of time. Um, Planet Side is an FPS MMO with teamwork elements the game is always going no matter if you're online or not um there's i think i can't remember how many factions there were there were, there were a couple fat i, there were, several I think there were just two right i thought there was at least three wasn't there anyway, i never i never played it but it, I just, it's been I a very long time i thought there was at least three i'm pretty sure anyways so the factions are always fighting uh factions can move in and take your territory uh you know as you you know, do well you can buy better and better items you can get you know all the way up to like these tank looking things that um, do a lot of damage, and then you can also get these, I forget what they were called, like almost like recon uh, vehicles that allow your teammates or your allies to respawn closer. And there was just a lot to it, and it was a very, very fun and active game, but it didn't um, stay on top because they, they didn't do enough with it. They didn't push it, they didn't do updates, and I mean, there's, it's undoubtedly Blizzard is the best company at expanding on MMOs. I mean, they've and had they, WoW for over 10 years. It's and this still, company just didn't do that? Yeah, I mean, they, they made the second one, which came out, geez, like six or seven years ago. Back, yeah, this was yeah. back when you and I were really big in esports. Mm-hmm. And that game was was a dud. I mean, it was, oh, was fun, it? but it, yeah. I, I, I think it got a lot of hype for a couple months, but uh-huh. I mean, I don't think people played it. I don't think people talked about it much afterwards. It just, it didn't have the essence from the first one. I, I don't know what it was. I, I feel like the second one was more focused on trying to be an actual M- or FPS and trying to focus too much on just like the 1v1 aspect. Whereas the first one was really focused on the community and you know working together, um, yeah. I mean, it's just there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot more strategy in it. The second one was just dominated by FPS mechanics, and I'm not a huge FPS player, so that was that was one of my favorite elements of playing the first Planet Side. Hmm. In the first one, uh, I was really interested in it, but I never ended up buying it. I heard one of the main complaints that I heard. Is that so? Like you said, it's always ongoing. You're on one team or another, and you're con- yeah. essentially sort of like taking checkpoints and trying to control more of like the world. Um, one of the complaints that I heard was that like it there's a sense there, you get this after you play it for a while, you get this feeling that it doesn't really matter what you do because whenever you log off and log back on, like anything can happen. Anything can sure. have happened, and it doesn't really feel like like progress is ever permanent in any way. Yeah, that kind of, it's actually very sort of true. felt the same way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, 
my number one is uh, kind of along the same lines of a game that I just would like to sort of unlock the potential of that I think had a, had a good idea and just wasn't executed very well. The game is uh, Space or I guess the series is Space Quest, really any Space Quest games or or all of them. The uh, the Space Space Quest, as you may know, it's a, uh, a series by Sierra. It's a point and click adventure game series. It's uh, obviously like a science fiction setting, but it's really comedic. Really does not take itself seriously at all. I think so. You got janitor in space, like fighting bad guys, saving the like the universe for I don't even remember how through various asinine ways uh yeah is a point and click adventure game all that stuff sounds super awesome it's a great concept but sierra just did uh, there are sierra fans out there there are plenty of people who really love sierra oh, yeah. point and click adventure games there are also tons of people who do not like almost anything about them and one of those people is me so i'm gonna say the space quest series remade by lucasarts because lucasarts knew how to make point and click adventures right not a very exciting number one, but out of all these, I was like, this is what I would really, really like to see. Uh, yeah, Space I was going to say, I mean, by LucasArts. I feel like that's the most, like, the, the one that appeals to you the most. Yeah. <laughs> you have to say it. Yeah, I would be all over this. Even as it is, there's something about the Space Quest games that I like just be, just based on almost, like, their concept and what they could have been, really. And then whenever I play one, I'm just like, uh <laughs> So, that's cool. I'm glad he said that. I'm glad that's your number one too, because I know that's where you really want it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. It was there was a little bit of a battle between that and Hideo Kojima Ninja Turtles, but ultimately this 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 I think, one out. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> All right, time for emails. Email. We got. We only have one. Oh wait, there is. Hold on. We did get a tweet for the top five. Oh, nice. Um, this is from Rayanus eighty on Twitter. Uh, this person just sent in one, which is Bethesda doing an Assassin's Creed game. Hmm. That could be interesting. I don't know. I'm. Not, I've. I don't yeah. even know if I've played any of the Assassin's. I mean, I'm familiar with Assassin's Creed. I don't think I've ever actually played one. But, uh, be funny. What's, what's interesting is be Bethesda crazy. doesn't really do linear games like that usually. Is it linear? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. That. I, thought, I thought they were a little bit. I thought they were a little bit more open. Not to my knowledge, no. Okay. Cool. All right. So we got one, uh, one, uh, one email, one interview, one email from Chase the Night Cleaner. Whoa. Chase's. Yeah. <laughs> All I can hear is whoa, and then like a little mumbling. <laughs> Chase says, hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here to let you know what you are doing has value and that your emailing fans dig it. So what is new in the world of classic gaming? Remember that time I didn't email you? That was last episode. I'm sorry about that. I was not paying attention to social media and was banking on your episode getting recorded on a Friday. Hopefully it won't happen again. Please don't fire me. Episode 91 shall now live in infamy for me. The this one is your verbal warning. <laughs> Very, very. Thank you. You you laid down the law. I wasn't gonna say anything. I was gonna let him just 
I was just going to let it slide, but I'm glad you're Don't here. Don't worry. To... Good cop, bad cop. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Robert, how are you, are you enjoying your SNES Classic? How is it different from just having the games on a virtual console? Like, do you think all of those games may end up on the Switch Virtual sto uh, Store at some point? Um, it's pff, who knows. It's very possible that the, that they may end up on the on the Switch Virtual Store. I really like it a lot more than I expected to. I didn't buy an NES Classic. Uh, with this with the SNES Classic, the only reason that I bought it in the first place was just to play Star Fox Two, and then it was just sort of I thought I'd maybe play around with some of the other stuff. But uh, but as it is, I'm getting a bit more use out of it than I thought I would. Like as soon as I started playing, as soon as I plugged it in and turned it on and was checking it out, I was like, oh geez, now I want to play this. Now I want to play this. Now I want to play this. And it's super easy just to turn on and just pick a game to play. Whereas anything, even even the Switch would be pretty easy. You turn it on, and then you pick the game. But it's just not as fast. Where like on the Switch, you've got the Switch actually loads stuff really pretty quickly and it turns on without much like you know fiasco like a like i feel like a lot of uh consoles nowadays do that sure. ever since consoles started getting operating systems uh which i guess was i, I what i what immediately comes to mind for me is ps2 where you turn it on and it goes and it's got like the little the little uh, squares and the little lights floating around and then you got wait, got to wait for the PlayStation logo and all that stuff. Nintendo Switch comes on pretty quickly. You pick a game and it and it gets into it very quickly. That's one thing that I've been very happy with. With the SNES Classic, it's even faster than that. You just launch it and it turns on and you've got all the games right there in front of you. You you just pick which one you want to play and it launches immediately. It's super convenient. So uh, yeah, I'm really really enjoying it. And even if they were on the Switch Virtual Store. I feel like it's just more, it's it's even more convenient here because you just turn it on, there's, you know, 21 or 22 games or however many, and you just scroll through and pick one, and then it just goes. Um, he says, Jay, I just wanted to say your name to help you feel included, and because you kick yes. ass. Also, <laughs> your ability to describe the sounds in a video game, like the ripping rope noise from Morrowind, are unrivaled. What was that? I don't remember that. I don't remember that. The ripping rope noise? I'm trying to remember what it would be. Was that the thing that you were talking about was in the sort of like background noise and happened oh, periodically? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one dungeon that sounded like a metal, like one of those metal industrial ropes being cut or dragged across them. That noise is terrible. Did you do a like reenactment of it or were you just, were you just describing it? Yeah, I think it? so. I think I described <laughs> it and then. Let's hear it. Can we hear it? Can we hear it? Definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. Do a noise. Uh, no. impersonate. <laughs> no. <laughs> just call me out like that. Like, what the hell? All right, well, do one on your own some point when it, when you when we least expect it. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> so let's talk emails. First off, holy shit, I miss a week, and the rest of the regular crew fills the gap. That was some fine contribution. As for our co-host, <laughs> and then there's email... this week. <laughs> yeah, and then there's this week. That's what I was just thinking. Um. As for our co-host email challenge, do not forget Trevor Near. <laughs> you remember that? Oh yeah. The Trevor, the whatever, the Trevor thing, with where you accidentally used my Star Wars name. And here's my <laughs> vote. The vote goes to Robert. Oh shit! I won. What? Eat it. That's ridiculous. Uh, here's why. I call a recount. 
<laughs> I think that one would be pretty easy, unfortunately. Here's why. Though I actually enjoyed Jay's email a whole lot, Robert's email worked hard to engage the hosts in a way that Jay's did not. Suck it. That said, Robert's email is a bit creepy. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure he will suggest it was intentional. It was. But I think we all know why he is so on top of those hentai game specials on Steam. Very true. I did add him a couple more to my library, and I'm actually ashamed to say. Good. Should be. Uh, I played them both for, fi- for well, okay, let's be honest, about 10 or 15 minutes each, and then I was like, oh, no, I can't even. They, they didn't even have the appeal that Honey Pop did. Honey Pop is something special. I feel, uh, like, it, I feel like it stands out, and then the other ones just don't do it. Um, so, uh, so Jay, though you're, you know what one of them was? It was Honey Cam Studio. Have you heard of it? No. Should I? <laughs> it's a, uh, it's like a cam show, uh, oh, Jesus. like you're a manager of, you're like a cam girl manager. <laughs> and, uh, but it, but the game itself, the actual mechanics of the game, it's literally a clicker game it's like a mobile game basically and so i was like well, maybe this could actually be fun like just to look at it as like a management type simulation game but it's basically like oh no click on this thing put this girl here to go camp start camping and then click on the just click on the building a whole bunch of times and then <laughs> see how much money she earns it wasn't very fun it sounds it sounds amazing it sounds like <laughs> all, <laughs> all right moving on um, so Jay, though your email was inf- was insightful relating to the Elder Scrolls, no good deed goes unpunished. Robert wins my vote. Yep, you heard it. You want me to read that again? Whatever. Robert wins my vote. He said like that's actually like the third time he said it so far. Just so you know. Interesting. I don't I don't know about that. And now for my question of the day: Gaming is constantly evolving, even if the FPS have dominated the industry since the nineties. And sometimes change can be scary. What is one trend in contemporary gaming you see that scares you or you don't like and why? Oh, let's go through all of them. <laughs> Microtransactions. I was, that was the first one that came to mind, I guess, because we were talking is about more it. Frustrating to me. Microtransactions, I don't mind, because a lot of times it makes the game free, and then you can try the game, see if you like it. The microtransactions usually are aesthetic-based, so you don't have to worry about it altering the game. DLC is frustrating, because it's... Hey, I'm going to buy the game for $60, but the game's not really done until you pay an additional $60 or $30 or $20 for DLC. And then there's another piece of DLC you get that might make the game free. But then the game, the base game is just absolute dog shit. I, yes. I'm not so averse to it as you are. Um, And maybe not even as much as most people are. I don't mind because, you know, we've always had expansions for game. I Correct. mean, not always, but for a very long expansions time. Expansions and DLC are a very different two, in my mind are two completely different things. Okay. What's all right. Explain to me the difference between those two things, because I the look expan- at them in, mo- in, well, maybe not in some cases as very much the same. Yes. In some cases they are very similar ideas. It's the idea of taking the original base game, adding something new to it, to add more game time, to make it more interesting, to add more elements, to expand. DLC to me is, Adding content to more than likely, this is based on you know, the recent years, a more than likely not complete game with more incomplete content for a lot of money. Okay. A lot of AAA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that kind of shit. Sure. Like what? What type of content? Anything in anything particular that you can think of? 
Uh, Assassin's Creed. I mean, a, a lot of the later ones. What do they I have? haven't played. Let me see. There was the most recent, one of the most recent pirate ones. I remember reading. I read this. This was, it was like an article, basically, dinging EA for the quality of their games and, and the DLC. It was one of the most recent Assassin's Creed. Let me see if I can Google it here. It was the the base game was so bad. There were so many glitches. Uh, even the main story of the game, like when you were forced to do an event or something like as part of progress to the game. There were a lot of issues with that where people were finding areas where they would fall through the earth and get stuck or, or they'd, they'd ruin a save file because they'd hit a checkpoint right as they fell through the earth and then their character's just done. Okay, but what is that? How does uh, DLC relate to that? DLC to me is because they know that people are going to buy the game, they can tell, sell people the game and then say, hey, hey, it's okay, we'll fix the game, but you just have to pay more money. <laughs> That's my complaint with it. It, it basically lures in you into either investing more money into, into it's it's like buying a shit car and then somebody tells you they can fix it for just a little bit of money. So then you give them more money so that the original purchase you made was worth it. That makes okay, sense. That makes sense. Like so you're motivated to do it. I think where what the things the 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 type of DLC. All right, I think the type of DLC that where I see a big difference is there are some that add uh, essentially a whole nother like smaller game onto the onto the yes. original game those Some i'm fine developers with. do it well yeah i'm good with that and and there are uh, well i'm not even going paradox i was kind of thinking of a, of an example they make a lot of the grand strategy games that i like uh, europa universalis stellaris <laughs> crusader kings 2 and they kind of do an in between thing so on the two opposite ends of the spectrum are they uh there's dlc that adds kind of again it's like an expansion basically it adds on a whole new story a whole new essentially like smaller mini game uh onto the base game which is cool like more missions all that kind of stuff that's fine i don't have a problem with that what i don't like is where it's like oh here's pay here's some money you know, pay us this much money to unlock another character in the game or to like <laughs> unlock something inside the so game. So the microtransaction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess that I guess that's really kind of what it comes to. Well, but not all microtransactions are bad for me. True. So like multiplayer games with skins and stuff like that. I that that's fine with me. Um ideally there's there would be a way to unlock them without paying for them if it's a game that's not free. Yeah. Like over like Overwatch, I feel like does it kind of pretty well um you can't well you i don't like that you have to that you can't just pick out the ones you want like the skins that you Mm. want you have to kind of that's true hope you get them randomly i don't really like that aspect of it but they're at the same time they're not like oh you can't play this character unless you know here's here's a new character but it's like ten dollars to unlock him or something like that that's what i don't like um things that affect the game things that are basically built into the game but they're just put behind a paywall i don't really that doesn't really feel right to me but things that you know again that add on a whole new component to the game those are fine with me the paradox grand strategy games do a lot of this and sometimes they get criticized for it but they are kind of more along the lines of oh we're adding a whole bunch of new mechanics a few uh you know in some case like some uh, some some different like scripts that may come up in your game, or like some kind of storylines that may some 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 events. I guess is the best way to describe it that may take place. 
uh, all this sort of stuff, and uh, and it's going to add on to the game and, and kind of add more depth to the to the game. That's fine with me too. I I buy I haven't bought all of those, but I do buy a lot of those. Um, I I guess it's a lot of, and I I also don't mind again like skins and stuff like that. I think that's that's cool too. Particularly if it's like League of Legends where it's a free game and kind of the hell yeah, that's where it how doesn't affect it. the gameplay. Right. But yeah, I think it's the gameplay affecting thing, unlocking kind of things that are built into the game that you that, that are like characters and playable aspects of it that they're just like, no, nah, you gotta you gotta pay extra if you wanna play this. I just don't really like that. I probably went on for too long, but that's kinda of where I where I where that, that's that's where I start to feel and eh, not really good about it. I can see that. I can agree with that. I think we're on very similar pages. I'm trying to think of what else um, besides microtransaction slash DLC <sighs> yeah. stuff. Let's see. So what else is really, really annoying? Uh, what's, what's, what's popular these days? Mm. Oh, how about delays? Delays on release. What do you mean it by seems that? Like, oh, just, like just oh, I got you. Just interview. Yeah, like many pushbacks. Yeah, games that have like a oh, lot of traction, oh, a lot of following. Wait, hold on, hold on. Spirit wait, wait, stop, news. Stop, stop. What? I just, <laughs> sorry, I just um. Please tell me you're recording. No, I I am. <laughs> I was um, try I was trying to think of like what are people playing these days. So I was pulling up Twitch to see like what games are being played right now. And then all of a sudden I get people like yelling into the mic, like basically oh. yelling into the recording about whatever was going on. So apologies for that. And it went totally over your voice. So start over what you were saying. What was I saying? I don't even remember. You I, said, don't, you I could, that. all I could hear was like 800 decibel of somebody playing some video game. Oh, oh, you're talking about games getting delayed so bad. Oh yeah. 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 That seems like it, it doesn't happen. Like men, like, it happens enough to where it's noticeable, I feel like, at this point. But, I mean, I guess that's not... Yeah, I mean, I guess it does kind of qualify. It, it just seems like so sometimes there are these titles that have a lot of hype around them, and then they get, like, one or two pushbacks, and they miss their mark because of it. Like, they had a spot where if they would have come in, it would have been between two really big titles, and they had a prime opportunity and just miss it, and then the game ends up you know, not doing as well it could, as it could have. Uh-huh. That kind of leads into uh, crowdfunding too a little bit. Crowdfund we haven't heard too much drama in the in. The oh, crowdfunding! That's its own thing. Yeah. That could be one easily just itself. Yeah, but that... has it been bad lately? I haven't really heard too much about. It. I know. I feel like it's kind of leveled out, where it's like people have yes. kind of caught on and gotten wise to scams yeah. and stuff like that. So you, they don't really have. They're still going on. Like, what was the one that was supposed to be cat like Castlevania, and it's. Good lord, what was this? Um, Blood Symphony of Blood? No, it was like you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, yeah, I can't think of the name of it. Though. Blood something. I really, I would like to. I wish I could remember because I want to go see um, when it was supposed to come out because I'm sure it's supposed to have been released by now. But as far as I know, it's like, I mean, who knows where? It's it's essentially, um. What was the other one? What was the Final Fantasy Tactics one that was supposed to come out? Yeah, I can't think of the name of it. But yeah, that. So, so that's a big one. Um, you know, I guess only one other thing. Well, I guess there's two other things that I can think of. One of them is just my own personal tastes. Uh, there are so many, as Chase was saying, first-person shooters that it's that they've just become tiresome for me. Hmm. Uh, and and I think I just sort of got. Of too. I think I just sort of got. Yeah, there will. 
yeah. I don't think they stack up even close to first-person shooters, though, as far as just the quantity of them that come out. Uh, and, I, again, this is just me personally mostly because I just got tired of first-person shooters after, you know, after playing them basically ever since, uh, I guess, yeah. Doom. I was going to uh, say, it's been, been around for quite some time now. And, I mean, there, I guess there are plenty of, I mean, I guess to be fair, there are plenty of other genres that, that have been around forever that I still love. I mean... You, you know. are right, though. FPSs are de- definitely kind of plague the market at times. I mean, there's so many companies that have running series that come out almost every year or even more than that. Yeah, I think that's it. Maybe maybe not the fact that they're still doing it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. It's not the fact that they're still making it. It's that, like, 80% of, like, super large budget games are just first-person shooters. And I'm just, sure. like, tired of that. Not many Especially of them. The core essence is pretty much the same fucking thing. Exactly. That yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like they're all there are some there are some exceptions, but Yeah. I mean Overwatch most, is a is a massive exception as of recent. That Overwatch game. is a massive exception. Doom is a yeah. pretty big exception as well. And that's I love about me some it. Unreal Tournament back in the day. Oh yeah, oh, hell yeah. Unreal Tournament. That game because I I'm not a huge FPS person. I don't really like the serious CS CSGO type FPSs. And Unreal just hit the mark for me. It was fun there was skill to it but it was it still had that ridiculous element to it that made it enjoyable yeah that that yeah it really did and i think just at risk of maybe going on for too long one other thing for me personally is games that have such enormous budgets that it's, it seems like the whole game is just based on how sort of theatric it comes across yeah and that there's not really much interesting about the gameplay mechanics or any of that. There's, it's not really doing anything interesting. It's just like, Oh look, we made this game. It's so big. It's so huge. It looks so great. Um, but that's about it. And it just plays exactly like fallout three or, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, I really get tired of that. I really wish there was more of an emphasis really on like what a lot of indie games do nowadays, where it's like, they're trying to come up with cool, interesting mechanics neat neat games that are fun regardless of how sort of grand in i mean visual cuphead. scale they are cuphead yeah exactly i mean that game took everybody by surprise yeah and they took a simple concept and they almost sort of did the opposite of what the, i'm the visual and the music sold that game i mean it was that it was that ridiculously difficult platformer but with some unique elements then you right. have this wonderful music with the great visual with it they they did I think the point I think the key point there is they did something new and interesting. Yeah. With with the, with a not new concept. Right. They didn't just make like the next like Michael Bay version of a video game. <laughs> well, that's good, the Call of Duty Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, careful, I guess that's the, gonna be a thing now, careful. <laughs> Watch your mouth. So yeah, super huge, enormous budgets to create something not that interesting. Uh a glut of first person shooters and of course uh, cra- you know, the, the the types of DLC that I don't like. I wish there was less of all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would too because I mean, that would give more opportunity, more funding to other games and I would definitely enjoy that personally. Yeah. I mean, that's why I play so many indie games now and and not, not exclusively, but that's a lot of what I play is indie games because they're doing, a lot of those do really cool and interesting stuff and I, and that's just, to me, that's just more fun than playing a game that, again, looks more realistic and sounds more realistic and is huge in scope, but that doesn't really do anything new gameplay wise. Yeah. 
Um, back to Chase's email. Oh, here we go. Okay. He says, I'm not a huge fan of loot crates. There we go. Or yeah. gamble with real money to get the drop oh, style yeah. reward systems. Yep. Let's go. <clears throat> that are, yeah, exactly. That are being employed regularly by free to play or in PUBG's case, pay to play. This Ooh, shift. Shots fired. There we go. This shift in the industry um, to get you to pay more for a chance to get the thing you want is a real bummer. Yeah, that's kind of what I was talking about with Overwatch, where you can get, you can pay for stuff or you can unlock it just for free, but you never can say, okay, I'm going to unlock this. It's like, oh, well, hopefully you'll get what you want. Uh, I am glad for most of these systems, there is still a reward for playing. You get gems or in-game currency that also unlocks this stuff. But I feel like games with stamina bars that actually limit how much you can play in one sitting employ this tactic in the worst and most greedy way. Uh, I don't know of any games that do that. I know there are some out there. I don't know of any specific ones. But yeah, I agree. That's that's the worst. The video game industry is about making money. I get it. See also arcade machines designed to eat quarters. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> But for a while there, you did not get a. But for a while there, you did get a respectable amount of bang for your buck. I hope this isn't a shift that will affect the whole industry. I love unlockables, but literally gambling to unlock them is just dirty. Something else I'm getting kind of tired of as well is, is achievements. Every game has way too many achievements, <laughs> and, and I get it. You know, they, they yeah. won't have enough for people to really invest time and stuff like that. But t- sometimes it's just too much. Like every time you sneeze or fart or take a step, it's like, oh, achievement unlocked. You walk ten feet. Oh, 15 yes. feet. Congratulations. Keep it going. That is a really good point. Those get... The, 99% of achievements, I think, are absolutely unnecessary. Yeah, That's they're, a really they're good just one. stuff you're going to do no matter what. Like, yeah, It's like getting exactly. a participation trophy. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. That's a really good point. Um, when I play... So, I'm going to think of two opposite ends of the spectrum. Portal is a game that I think did this pretty well. In Portal, there are a number of achievements, and it's like, okay, see if you can beat this level by only taking 10 steps. And then if you do that, then like that, then you actually feel like you accomplished something. And it's like, all right, yeah. see if you can beat this level and only with only making two portals or something like that. And it takes a long time to figure out how to beat some of these levels that way, but it's basically like you, you did a whole nother puzzle and it's like, wow, I actually did this. I accomplished this. That, that, you know, for lack of a better term, that was actually a pretty good achievement on my part. Blizzard did a good job of this. And wow, early on, the achievements, there were some really stupid ones of like, you know, logging on and stuff like that. But they started doing ones where it was like these very difficult things where it was like, hey, kill this boss without anybody dying in your entire raid. So, an, or an entire raid. So it's like, clear this entire raid, including trash, without any, having anybody die. And you get this sick mount and you get this sick title that people know what it is and i think it was called like the undying title or something and i remember people like paying real money for it because it was just people saw it and were like holy shit this person must be pretty decent uh-huh like, i got on my achievements like that because that's very challenging and then like you said then there's the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like you get them just for stupid shit just so yeah just because i mean because i believe steam requires you to have achievements on your game if you're oh, selling really? if you're selling it on steam i think I didn't so know that. Um, I'm pr- I'm pretty positive that, for instance, Xbox does, and I'm probably PlayStation does as well. Um, but I think Steam I think Steam does may does may may does as well may also require that. Um, but yeah, the wor- the worst ones are like it's like oh good job you 
got past the menu system or yeah. like you beat the second Locked level. Um, stuff that you're going to do in game anyways. Oops. Stuff that you're going to do in game anyways. Yeah, that's, that's dumb. The worst experience I've had with an achievement is, was playing, actually playing the walking dead game, which I love. Yeah, but yeah, I love the game, but it did have this, it really jolted you when there were achievements. Like I remember the first time, so I was playing and it's at the, uh, pretty close to the beginning of the game. And it's like this really heavy stuff going on, like really emotional, yeah. really heavy. And then like, I got some random achievement for, you know, basically doing nothing. It pops up. It's like, you got the, you know, I don't remember what it was called. It was like the whoop de achievement. Like, exclamation, exclamation. It's, like, completely ripped me out. Like, I was totally sucked into the story. I was totally sucked into, like, the, the situation, what was going on. And that totally pulled, that just completely, completely pulled That's me tough. out of the moment. I mean, I can totally see it, though. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for me, gentlemen. Sorry, again, for the lapse in emails. But, folks, toad we'll that line while I was gone. Well, eh, well are we going to let this slide? Okay. We'll talk about it in private. Good work, everyone. Cheers, Chase the Night Cleaner. Thank you, Chase. Uh, Current gaming subcast? Ooh. What you been playing? Um, I haven't been playing anything. I've just been watching Worlds. Um, oh, have you? How's that? Oh, it's so amazing. I love every second. Production quality really? is insane. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's in China, and the production quality has just been out of this world. They have they, Riot has really just set the bar way too high. Now it, it's so frustrating to watch other other minus TI. TI is obviously a very high quality tournament. Most of the tournaments I watch just do not get anywhere close to the quality of this tournament. The uh -huh. game, just everything about it. At the end, they have they have great play by play. They have great post game analysis. They have great hosts. They have great interviewers. And it, it's just so, even between games when they're supposed to be the downtime. Do you remember back when we used to watch StarCraft games and it would be like, we'd watch a match and it would be a six pool and then there'd be an hour between matches and it would be like an interviewer walking around going, okay, so we think we figured out there's a problem and <laughs> we're going to go talk to this random person. Hey, what did you think of game one? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, the, it was a three-minute game. It was really action-packed. Like, yeah. Um, we're looking at the boots. Looks like the players are in there. Uh, drinking a monster. Yeah, it looks like they're talking to their coach. <laughs> drinking a monster. Remember that? Like, so yes. much downtime. But when it's between games, the conversations they have, the flow that they, the people that they have up there, it's just great. It's it's enjoyable. The production quality is is phenomenal, and it's been <laughs> recognized by conventional sports websites. Yeah, the quality of it. That's awesome. That is that has been yeah. run so well. You remember the uh, in one of the StarCraft tournaments. It was like one of the ones that was notorious just for being run very poorly, and uh, they had they they were doing exactly what you're talking about. Like in between matches, they had some girl walking around, oh, like, yeah. just inter interviewing oh, people. Yeah, I remember it was somebody we knew. Oh, huh? wait, what? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, There's yeah. That IPL for. Yeah, that. Oh. Um, but there was this one where they had this girl walking around, um, just interviewing random people. You know, in the crowd. This is very early on. And, and she did not know what was going on. So she was just asking them really generic questions. And then I guess she got brave enough to ask something specific. And it was, she asked what he thought about the ZVG matchup. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Which, for anybody who's not familiar with StarCraft Two, ZVG there is no G race. There's no G race. There's not a ZVG matchup. That was classic. There were that that specific. I, I won't name them, but anybody who's who used to watch StarCraft will know immediately what I'm talking about. That specific league was just terrible. They did stuff like that constantly. Where it's like, how did you fuck this up so bad? Yeah, I I, I mean, it's it's impressive to me how low quality that was. <laughs> it really was. There was one where I was one one the same one the same league. One time I was watching it, and the cameraman just started going nuts and just started going like, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in a little bit, focus. Unfocus, zoom out, go to the left, put everybody off screen, zoom in on their feet, zoom out, zoom in on their face. <laughs> it was like, I remember that. It, was, it almost looked like it was on purpose because it was so comical. Oh, man. Good old days of early StarCraft 2. Early esports. Early esports. Well, I mean, esports goes back early quite a ways. For us. Okay, for us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was at the beginning of Twitch. Uh yeah, that's really that that that's true. That's really around when it was, uh, and uh, not the beginning so much, but kind of when MLG started to Ugh. kind of get a little bit bigger for a time. Did, does MLG still exist? Yeah, they do. They do. They, yeah, they don't do anything big. Okay. They do StarCraft too a little bit. I've seen. Oh really? Oh really? They do a lot of like uh, like Call of Duty type stuff. Yeah, do they had. At one point, pivoted back a lot more to to like Call of Duty and stuff like that, but I didn't know if um if they were still if that eventually died also. I could be wrong. I mean, I I this is probably like a year and a half ago. I saw a Call of Duty tournament from them, but so I've been playing two games, two non classic games. Uh, I'll try to go through fairly quickly. One is Cook Serve Delicious Two. I never played the first Cook Serve Delicious. But I saw uh, some. I think it was Giant Bomb doing a quick look on. Yeah, yeah. It was Giant Bomb did a quick look on Cook Serve Delicious Two, and it looks so fun. I was like, "Holy shit, this game looks really fun! I gotta buy this." And I've been, I was like borderline addicted to it for a few days. It's um, all it's like a, I want to say restaurant simulator, but that's that's not really accurate. You are. A restaurant owner and you have a restaurant and you cook stuff and serve people and you could also uh like go work at other restaurants just to basically earn money which you use to unlock different food items and that kind of stuff but that's not really the core part of the game the core part of the game is actually being in the moment and having orders come up and you cooking all the food and preparing it and giving it to the people who are ordering it it's this game that just gets super crazy hectic uh where you don't actually control a person on the screen. You're, it's more or less you're working with, I want to say menus, but that kind of makes it sound a lot more boring than it is. You have these tabs on the left, and the tabs on the left are orders that come in. And you have t a few tabs, like four or five tabs on the top, and those are heating stations where some of the food you can go ahead and some specific food items you can heat up ahead of time. Uh, some of them you have to heat up ahead of time, and some of them you can't. So in the heating stations, you start getting food ready that you can heat up ahead of time, especially you want to do the ones that you have to. And then tickets start coming in. And so it says, like, there will be on the side, there will be a tab, and there's one through seven or eight or nine, depending on the restaurant. 
and it'll like have a picture of a hamburger, for instance. So if it's one, then you press one on the keyboard. Then it pops up a screen and it says, all right, this is what the person wants on their hamburger. They want two meat patties, uh, bacon, lettuce, tomato, onions, Swiss cheese, and a pretzel bun on top. And so you have to press each button for each of those things. And if you don't know exactly which button corresponds to which food ingredient, all that information is on the right. So you have to look at the right of the screen and say, okay, meat patty. Okay, that's M. So press it three times because they want three. All right, bacon, that's B. Uh, tomato, that's T. L for lettuce. Uh, what's Swiss cheese? Okay, that's S. Uh, uh, what's, what's onions? Oh, onions is, uh, N. Okay. Press N now put Z for the pretzel bun. Okay. Now press enter and serve it to him. So that doesn't sound that bad, except for when there's seven orders all at the exact same time. And you're also having to manage the stuff that you, that you have to preheat ahead of time. Like, Oh shit, I need to go ahead and I need to stop making things for just a second and go ahead and get like eight, uh, hamburger patties heating up so that they'll be ready for the next orders that come in. All right. Now let me go back. Okay, this order is starting to go. This person's starting to get impatient. I need to make theirs first. They want a fucking, I don't know, ice cream. Okay, they want vanilla ice cream. Uh, v I don't know, with fucking ice cream. <laughs> sprinkles. Uh, that's S. Okay, uh, what, what, what's whipped cream? Okay, whipped cream and chocolate syrup. All right, serve it to him. Oh, shit, now I have to uh, wash the dishes. So, dishes. Okay, uh, D for dishes. Uh, w to put them in the washing machine. That's cool. It's, it what is. A creative I know, it really is. Um, I highly recommend. You checking this out because it gets so crazy, so hectic, but it's like something about it just is really, uh, really addictive. It is really fun to see like, oh shit, you know, I nearly, let me see if I can get a perfect day on this and like, oh shit, I'd messed one order up out of 60. I nearly had a perfect thing. It's, uh, it gets really crazy and it's really, really fun. Cool. And there's apparently there's a multiplayer, I don't know how it works, but there's a multiplayer mode on it as well. Uh, but yeah, Cook Serve Delicious 2 is... Like I said, I never played the first one, and I just learned about this one, and I bought it, and it's so much fun. And then the other one that I've been playing is Cuphead. Oh, yeah. I, I still don't have an internet connection, but I just, like, hauled my computer over to the other room just so I could plug it in and download a few things uh, that I wanted to, that, like, mostly stuff that was already in my library that I just hadn't downloaded onto my computer in a while. So I was like, all right, there's, there's enough stuff. I'm going to go like haul it into the other room, hook it all up just so I can plug it into the internet and download some shit. Well, I guess I might as well get get Cuphead while I'm doing this. And uh, man, Cuphead is so good as you pro as probably everybody yeah. listening oh, yeah. to this has heard. Everybody's it's like, a we get it. <laughs> I know. Um, you cannot talk enough about the art style. I am just, all, all I can say that, ha I mean, I can't say anything that hasn't been said yet, but all I'll say is it blows me away every literally every time I play any level or boss, even if I've already played it before, I just cannot get over how good the game looks. Like it's just awesome. I love the music too. The music with it, it yeah, makes, it's so good. Yeah, and you know what else? Like not just the art style, but even like the character design and the facial expressions the characters make, and like you said, the music, all of it. Dude. What do you think of the cigar level? Seems one hundred percent authentic. I haven't gotten to the cigar level yet. Okay. That must be. I just got to the third world. I think, which is the last one. Um, and he must be on that one because I have not gotten to the cigar yet. But I've done. Uh, I mean, I've beaten all the bosses and all the levels. I don't, I don't know if you have to beat all the levels. Um, and bosses to to get past. I a think you have stage. to beat a certain number. I could be wrong. But okay. Well, I've done I all. I definitely watched it. All of them on, um, like on levels one and two. And now I'm on the third, which I think is, or, you know, Worlds 1 and 2, I guess. Now I'm on the la I, the third one, which I think is the last one. I haven't gotten to the cigar yet. 
I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I really enjoy the boxing frogs. They, um, oh, yeah. they are pretty easy, but they, they're just, they just look cool. Uh, the, I just beat the dragon, which was pretty hard. We have to that jump on all the clouds. Hard. That's very long. Yeah. Yeah. As long as hard. Clouds are little RNG too. Um, the, no, you know, it's really not once oh, cause really? I played, I had to play him so many times that you, that you learn that he's like, all right, this is what he's about to do right now. There's oh. a pretty, the only thing that's pretty random in it, random on that one is the, um, little flames that walk out and then jump up every now and then. Oh, interesting. I think okay. they jump up randomly, but the rest of it is pretty predictable. It's just a matter of like not screwing it up, which is hard. Uh, the genie, have you seen the genie level where you're in the, where you're in the airplane? Yeah. Well, that one's, that one's really cool too. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up about it cause I'm hurt. I'm sure everybody's heard about it enough, but just want to throw it in. Yeah, it's, it's fucking killer. Um, follow us. Do you have anything else left? Do you have oh, anything else to talk about? Good. All right. Follow us at class games cast. I'm King Octavius on Twitter. Most importantly, email us mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Oh, we didn't come up with the top five for the next one, but I don't have any good ideas right now. So, uh, all right, wait, all right. Maybe here's one. For classic games, what are the most annoying um, DLC ideas that you can come up with? Wait, this is for next time? Yeah. Does that, do you want to do that? I mean, yeah, definitely. There's a lot. Or do you have any ideas? Because no, I think, I think we've been mostly doing that. what I say. I think that's pretty good. All right, well, we'll go with that. Uh, since we don't have any other ideas. Okay, so most annoying DLC ideas for classic games that you can think of. Cool. Uh, mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com Thank you, everybody, for listening. See you in two weeks. Bye.